Welcome to the Way Church Service at Greystone with Pastor John. We invite you to join us at 1 Oakley Avenue in North Providence, Rhode Island. This podcast is presented to you by The Way Ministries, supported by listeners like you. For donations, live videos, podcasts, and more, please visit www.thewayministriesri.org. Thank you and have a great day. Dear Heavenly Father, our Lord Jesus Christ, thank you for allowing us this beautiful day and this opportunity, Lord, to gather together as your family, to worship, honor, and glorify you, Lord, and place your name above all names as our King, Lord, as all of us fight to put you first in our lives, Lord, as we celebrate the Lord's Supper this morning and Palm Sunday, Lord, knowing that you are our King, Lord. And that you love us unconditionally. And we're so grateful for that, Lord. And we want to honor you, Lord, today and worship you. And thank you for giving us this chance to serve you and honor you, Lord. We pray for people who might not be feeling well, Lord, all of them, Lord. You touch their lives. Reassure them you'll never leave them nor forsake them, Lord. And I pray that you protect all our brothers and sisters here, Lord, and all your fam- all their families. Keep your hedge of protection around them, Lord, as we stay remain faithful to you, Lord. Please, Lord, let us to grow and take all the bitterness out of our hearts this morning, Lord. And fill it with your unconditional love, Lord. So we can get a crystal clear message through your word and by your spirit, Father. And as always, let everything be done by your spirit this morning, Lord. And not our flesh. And it's in Jesus' powerful name we pray. Amen and amen. Alright, we're going to stand and worship the Lord.
Thanks, Brett. Beautiful song, beautiful day. How's the church looking? Yes. Amen, huh? Thank you, Jesus. One body? Many pots. Many pots. The color we put on there is called Amazing Gray. Amazing Gray, and it fits in between. Listen, it's in between intellectual gray and worldly gray. So we said, no, we don't want either one of them grays. Let's put Amazing Gray in there. Amen? Fits the church perfectly, amen? What a beautiful job everybody did, beautiful voice. It definitely deserves a hand clap. We're bringing it back to her former glory, amen? Uh, just keep it in prayer as the devil's always trying to knock us out of the box, but it ain't going to happen, amen? All right, we are going to celebrate today two things, Palm Sunday and the Lord's Supper. So we've got a lot of ground to cover but first, we've got to do the Palm Sunday for the sake of the live feed. So we're going to watch a video clip right now, and we are going to get started. Jesus is our king. Amen. But how many of us make him our king in our lives and put him first and obey him like a king? A lot of us struggle with that because our flesh wants to be king. But he's our king. He died for us. Most people look for some prominent figure. They were looking for some king coming in all prominent. But God looks at the heart. Even at church, people look at churches for prominence and beauty instead of looking for the right message. And if you happen to find this church, you find, they're going to find the right message. Amen? God, people look at outside appearance, but God looks at the heart. Amen? So today we're going to celebrate that. Jesus is our king. We're going to talk about Palm Sunday a little bit today. I want us to turn to Ephesians chapter 3. We are using the black Bibles in the pew, so please help yourself to them. We've got a lot of ground to cover this morning, so I'm going to go rather quickly. So you got to move along. The blue cards are in there to help you move along. It's great to see everybody this morning. One body many parts. It's great to be together. As the world gets darker and darker and against God, can't wait to come to church. I think we were here till like 8 o'clock yesterday, right? From 8 to 8. Getting this all ready to make God's house look beautiful again. Amen? Because he deserves it. His house deserves to be beautiful. I want to thank all the people that sacrificed their time to make it that way. Okay. Ephesians chapter 3, she got us in verse 16, back up. <laughs> verse 14, okay? All right, the Holy Spirit will be taken over. I just pray that everybody just forgets about the problems of the world this morning. Let the Holy Spirit touch your heart so you can get a crystal clear message through God's word this morning, amen? The Spirit is trying to say to the church this morning, the Lord is speaking to us. Verse 14, Apostle Paul speaking to the Ephesians. Now he's speaking to the people of Greystone. When I think of all this, I fall to my knees and pray to the Father, the creator of everything in heaven and on earth. I pray that from his glorious, unlimited resources, that he will empower you with inner strength, through his spirit. Did you hear Paul's prayer? I pray that from his unlimited resources that he will empower you. Paul never prayed selfish prayers. 
He prayed for other people and the benefit of others. That's how you know you have the heart of God, when you're praying for others' benefit over your own. Look, he will empower you with inner strength through his spirit. Now look what it says in verse 17. Then Christ will make his home in your hearts as you trust in him, as we learn to trust him. Then it says your roots will grow down into God's love and keep you strong. You know, a tree, as it grows, the roots start to grow down deeper into the soil to grab so it can stay strong. Well, the roots of Jesus Christ and his word go and wrap themselves around our heart. And he changes our heart. He gives us that new heart, that new resurrected heart, so that we could actually be compassionate, show love, stop being selfish and thinking of ourselves. And those roots will keep us strong in our faith. And the root is God's word. And may you have the power, look at verse 18, to understand, as all God's people should, all of us should get an understanding of this, how wide, how long, how high, and how deep his love is. It's incredible. May you experience the love of Christ, not just hear of it, but experience it. Though it is too great to understand fully, then you will be made complete with all the fullness of life and power that comes from God. Now all glory to God, who is able, through his mighty power at work within us, to accomplish infinitely more than we might ask or think. All glory to him in the church, and in Christ Jesus, through all generations, forever and ever, a big amen there. Amen. He says that he's going to accomplish in us more than we might even ask or think if we put our trust in him. And let me tell you something, he has. As we, watched, as we started off in the ministry and watched God make it grow, as we trusted and put our faith in him, look where he's put us. Amen. Strengthening us. We have a church as a family, one body with many parts. All of us are very important to God in the church. And we honor that, each and every one of us. Can I get a big amen there? Amen. All right. Now I got something for us I want to share. I want you to go with me. All right. As we talk about Palm Sunday. You know, Palm Sunday is a very important Sunday. Okay. It was when Jesus the King came in. Okay. It was the after Lent. And now a lot of people, the traditions, this, that, and the other thing, it doesn't matter. These things keep us in remembrance of our King. They're not religious rituals. They're just remembrances. Can I get an amen on this? That's why we're going to remember this. I want you to turn with me to 1 Corinthians chapter 10. As different churches celebrate Palm Sunday differently, we're going to celebrate it the way it is laid out in the Bible. Amen? Okay, and we're going to understand how spiritual disciplines are important for us to grow spiritually. As believers in Jesus Christ and under the power of God's grace, he gives us a very important uh, opportunity and responsibility, free will as Christians. We have the opportunity to do in anything, act, say, and do anything our way, God's way, or the devil's way. He never takes away our free will choice. Very, very important to understand that. 
when we make choices. Look what it says in verse 23 of 1 Corinthians chapter 10. Why are we going to celebrate Palm Sunday and keep it in remembrance as a discipline for us? Remembering that he is our king. We're not king. He's king. Can I get an amen here? He's king. Verse 23 says, You say, I am allowed to do anything. And you are. Or Greek, all things are lawful. But look at verse, look what it says in B. Not everything is good for you. You say, I am allowed to do anything. But not everything is beneficial. Don't be concerned for your own good, but for the good of others. How about a big amen there? So you're allowed to be selfish. You're allowed to be self-centered. And you're allowed to be Christ-like too. The choice is yours. If Jesus Christ is your king, you will become selfless and think of others above yourself. That's what spiritual growth is all about. Can I get a big amen there? Okay. One more verse. 1 Corinthians chapter 6. While we're in 1 Corinthians, <laughs> try to make this a little bit easy for you this morning, okay? <laughs> and again, it says in verse 12 of 1 Corinthians 6. Very important as Christians to understand this. You say, I am allowed to do anything, but not everything is good for you again. And then it says, and even though I am allowed to do anything, I must not become a slave to anything. So, as a Christian, you can get enslaved in things that you think are good, but are not really good for you. Can I get an amen here? We have to understand that just because we're saved and going to heaven does not take away that we still have to practice to be godly. And, and free will will still come in and the devil will try to put you back into the material world saying, hey, look, I'm under God's grace. I can do whatever I want. You can do whatever you want, but there's a consequence to everything, good and bad. But it says, I must not become a slave to anything. You know it as well as I do. Our flesh, once it likes something, can get, can over, can, it can take over us. And what? And, and, and then we go off balance all over again. That's why when we come to church, we get back on track again. So look, I've got to start thinking right. Because I'm in that world all the time, and it's got me thinking the wrong way always, against what God wants. So when I come to church, I need to get fed something that's going to keep me growing spiritually. So when I'm out there, I'm able to resist that. Because it's, the temptations are great out there. Our flesh likes all that stuff. And we think it's good. But it can't enslave us. We can get enslaved to anything. We can get enslaved to things that are good. You can get enslaved with taking care of yourself. You end up going to the gym and you're taking care of yourself. You don't go. You get miserable. You get cranky at people. It's all vanity. What reason are you going to the gym? Are you going to the gym to stay strong for the Lord so you can serve him? Or are you going to the gym so you can look good? And people say, oh, you look really good. It's vanity. And that's what? And that can be a bad thing. So we go there to balance off so we can stay strong and serve the Lord. Because this is very taxing. I don't know how long, I, how many hours I spend not only studying, but actually working for the Lord. And working a full-time job. It's very, very taxing. So I have to stay in decent physical shape, cardio and physically, so I can handle it. Hey, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm getting old. I can, you know, whatever. If you want to look at me, whatever. But I mean, I'm just doing it so I can be of service to God. 
And if you do it in service to God, you will be unbelievable all the things you can achieve when you do it for His glory. Amen? All right. So now we're going to talk about this. Palm Sunday. A little bit. What is Palm Sunday and why do we celebrate it as Christians? So we can get an understanding of this. Every year. Why do we celebrate Palm Sunday? Every year our calendar reminds us that for many people this day is an unofficial beginning of spring break. But it has more profound significance for Christians. On Palm Sunday, Christian churches often give the congregation palm branches to recreate the celebration of Christ's final arrival in Jerusalem because his followers used palm branches to honor him as king and messiah. As we just saw on the video, they were laying the branches down for the king. So when is Palm Sunday? Palm Sunday is the last Sunday in Lent and the Sunday before Easter. Okay, it is the beginning of the Holy Week, the most important week of the year for Christians. The date changes yearly because Easter changes in relation to the Jewish holiday of Passover. So this year, it's the 20, in 2023, it's April 2nd, which happens to be today. Palm Sunday commemorates Jesus' arrival in Jerusalem for the Jewish holiday of Passover. Jesus rode a young donkey into Jerusalem and was greeted by a large crowd with palm branches and people shouting, Hosanna to the Son of David. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Blessed is the King of Israel. And other expressions of praise, as it tells us in Matthew. Please turn with me to Matthew 21. Matthew 21, verse 9. As the video just painted a picture of what we're just going to say here. That's why we put the videos up there. They're good. They give us a visual of what actually took place. It's awesome. So then when we read it, we can understand what we, what we just saw. Verse 9. Jesus was in the center of the procession, and the people all around him were shouting, Praise God, or Hosanna, a praise that literally means save now, for the son of David. Blessings on the one who comes in the name of the Lord. Praise God in the highest heaven." He's quoting Psalm 118, 25 to 26, and 148, verse 1. The entire city of Jerusalem was in an uproar as he entered. Who is this, they asked. And the crowds replied, it's Jesus, the prophet from Nazareth in Galilee. Okay? Now listen, the people put their coats and palm branches on the ground as Jesus passed by. As we just watched in the video, they were putting them down. That's to recognize that that's who the king was. They put their coats down and the palms down. Okay? Descriptions of this event in Jesus' life can be found in Mark 1, 11, 1 to 11, Luke 19, 28 to 40, Matthew 21, 1 to 11, and John 12, 1 to 17. Some Bibles titled the passage, The Triumphal Entry. Okay, or Jesus comes to Jerusalem as king. These passages provide insight and background into the significance of this celebration as Christians. 
Each gospel account provides a different perspective on Jesus' life and ministry, the way four friends might focus on different things to describe the same activity. You know, if you read the gospels, you hear them, it sounds like the accounts are different. Well, people of different backgrounds see things in a different way. So the Bible's trying to t um, touch all backgrounds. So that's why when you read Mark, Luke, John, and Matthew, they sound a little bit off different. That's because you're hearing it from a different perspective. One from a fisherman, right? One from a tax collector, one from a lawyer, one from a doctor, how they would perceive it. So that's why it's all the same thing, just shown in a different perspective. Can I get an amen here? Yeah. Trying to reach all kinds of people. Okay. So what is this? What was the significance of laying down coats and palm branches? Laying their coats and palm branches on the ground was a symbolic way for the people to treat Jesus as their king. They hoped that Jesus would overthrow the Roman government in Jerusalem. See, they hoped that he was going to come and be a leader and overthrow the, the government. John 12, 13 records the people saying, Blessed is the king of Israel. I'm going to go through a lot of scriptures without bringing you there because we have to do this in the Lord's Supper. And it's going to take a while to do that, okay? So just bear with me here. So just listen up, okay? Pay attention. In Mark 11:10, it quotes the same cheering. Blessed is the coming kingdom of our father David. When a king or conquering ruler entered a city, okay, people would create a carpet by putting their coats and branches on the ground to welcome them. Even today, we might use the expression, rolling out the red carpet, right? To welcome a celebrity or an important guest. So that's why they did it. So what is the significance of Jesus riding on a donkey? Instead of coming in, you know, they carrying him in like any other king would never be coming in on a donkey. Okay, you know how the kings were treated, right? With royalty. And somebody was carrying them, not a donkey. Slaves. Okay. Conquering kings, okay, typically rode in chariots or on horseback. So it is significant that Jesus rode on a donkey. Jesus wasn't an ordinary king with a kingdom of this world, John 18.36 tells us. Jesus rode on a donkey to fill a prophecy about the Messiah. Go with me to John chapter 18. Is everybody with me so far? I mean, I celebrated Palm Sunday when I was but I didn't even know what it was about. Now we're going to find out why we celebrate it. You know, we just do it because hey, that's what everybody does. Let's understand why. It was a very important event. And now we can understand why we celebrated it. And we're going to continue to celebrate that. In verse 36 of John chapter 18. Okay. I was like getting the messages ready last night while we were doing the church or making sure I was comfortable. I'm saying, Whoosh. I'm over there studying last night and I'm falling asleep at the computer like trying to put the messages together. And then I got up again and did a little bit more this morning, got up and did a little more, but the Holy Spirit gave me the power, amen? It's all sad, it's all good. He takes over where I leave off. <laughs> Thank God. He says, when you're done, I'll take over. Don't worry about it, John. I got you on this. And I trust him all the way. He got me this far. He's going to get me the rest of the way. All of us the rest of the way. You've got to put your trust in him. Okay. Jesus answered, verse 36. My kingdom is not an earthly kingdom. If it were, 
My followers would fight to keep me from being handed over to the Jewish leaders. But my kingdom is not of this world. Pilate said, so you are a king. Jesus responded, responded, so you say I'm a king. Actually, I was born and came into the world to testify to the truth. All who love the truth recognize that what I say is true. Look at verse 38. Pilate said, what is truth? Pilate asked. Then he went away again to the people and told them, he is not guilty of any crime. So Pilate didn't see anything wrong with him. And neither did anybody else. They were just getting in the way of their, what they wanted to do with their motives. Amen. They knew who Jesus was. They seen the miracles. Okay, now listen. To ensure that their readers recognize the prophecy was fulfilled, each gospel account now right, mentions Jesus riding on a donkey. The gospel writers even recorded Jesus' specific instructions to his disciples to go to a village where they would find the donkey with her colt beside her. They were told to untie both animals and bring them to Jesus. Matthew 21, 4 and 5 explains this took place to fulfill what was spoken through the prophet Zechariah. Say to the daughter of Zion, see your king comes to you, gentle and riding on a donkey, on a colt, the foal of a donkey. Zechariah chapter 9, verse 9, the fulfillment of prophecy. Again, amen there. So what does Hosanna mean? Hosanna means, please save us. That's what Hosanna means. Please, yeah, you didn't know that, see? I didn't know what it meant either. Hosanna, hey, Hosanna. Hey, Hosanna. It means, please save us. It is a Greek word based on two, two Hebrew words, yasha, to save or deliver, or anna, which means please, I beseech. That's in Strong's Concordance 56.14. So I looked it up. So now we know it when you say Hosanna, that means please save us. Okay? <laughs> so next time you go out in the world, somebody, Hosanna! And they won't even know what you're talking about. <laughs> but you will. You'll be talking to Jesus directly. Please save us from these people. You're driving me crazy out here. You know, it's funny because the people that don't understand spiritual things can't see what we see. See, we can see the devil behind it. So then you say, Hosanna, please help us. Let them see what we see. Something, a little bit. Give them a little glimpse of it. They do not see it. They see everything as circumstantial or coincidental. And we know everything's not. We know everything's divine. Every appointment, everything we see is not by, not, not by chance or coincidence. God orchestrates all of this. He's in control of all of it. So when you're spiritual, you can see that. Instead of attacking people, you say, yeah, that's the devil. He's just trying to get at me. And then you pray. Submit to God, resist the devil, and you flee. What do we do when we're not spiritual? We attack people. Christians attack people. And that what? Ruins your testimony. Because you're saying, I thought you were a believer in Jesus Christ, and he, he was your king. You're being the king right now by you attacking somebody else or trying to defend yourself. The Bible said he's our advocate. The Bible, if you're spiritual, you'll know when to say nothing or when to say something. You just get led by the spirit. Usually the first thing that comes out of your mouth is not the spirit. It's the flesh. So the Bible tells us to stop. 
think, all right, Lord, where, where are you in this? And then I got this thing right on, this simple little thing. What would Jesus do? You think that this doesn't mean anything? Let me tell you something, how many times this saved me, this little wristband, in a situation. What would Jesus do in this circumstance right now? Would he tear somebody down and talk about them? Or would he pray for them and try to get them into the kingdom? So then I just, what? I back off and I keep my mouth shut. Because when I don't, because one thing you can never do is take it back. You know once you offend somebody, say, well, I didn't really mean that. You know you did. You're just trying to get out of it now. That's why spiritual growth is the key. Listen, if you can just stop and think before you react, you will overcome so many things that you don't have to see you're sorry for. I'm going to leave it in God's hand. He's my king, isn't he? When you leave it in the king's hands, you leave it in his hands and move on. Other than, other than that, you want a chance to take the throne over again. And when you do, you end up making a mess. That's why spiritual growth is the key to stop. And let the spirit prompt, this prompting of the spirit stops us. We don't react right away. We remember, he's our king. He's my advocate. He's got my back. Help me, Lord, to speak when I need to speak and to keep my mouth shut when I need to so I can bring others into your kingdom. Big amen there, right? Okay. In Mark 11, 9, records the people are saying, Hosanna, blessed is the one who comes in the name of the Lord. All right. So why was Jesus called the son of David? By calling Jesus the son of David, they didn't mean that he was the literal son of David, but that he was a descendant of King David and a rightful ruler based on a promise God had made to David in Psalm 132, verses 11 to 12. And I'm going to quote that. The Lord swore an oath to David, a sure oath he will not revoke. One of your own descendants I will place on your throne. If your sons keep my covenant and the statutes I teach them, then their sons will sit on your throne forever and ever. Prophecy fulfilled. Jesus. So now, Jesus' arrival in Jerusalem was a day of celebration. But it was also a day that made many of the cheering crowd did not understand. They didn't understand this. And neither do we. They thought that they were welcoming a military hero. A lot of us think that Jesus is this military hero that's going to fight for me and give me whatever I want. He's like some big genie in the sky. Well, then you're not reading the Bible correctly. Because he's a God of love. And love is very corrective. And disciplinary. And when somebody doesn't like correctiveness and disciplinariness, that means they will no longer put God on the throne. So that's when you know when I'm not listening to anybody, I got it figured out, it's me, I'm not listening, then you know you're in trouble. You're back in the flesh again. So just let me get, let's get an understanding of that, okay? So now, I just want to say a prayer, okay? For the Jesus for Palm Sunday. And then we're going to go do the Lord's Supper, okay? Okay, Lord Jesus, Hosanna, Hosanna, in the highest. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. You are exalted above all others. You are worthy of praise, Lord. You are mighty to save. Nothing is too hard for you, Lord. 
You have defeated death in the grave. We do not have to fear because you are victorious. Your kingdom is eternal and will never end. Help us to see you as you are, Lord. Victorious yet meek, powerful but loving, patient and just. Give us eyes to see, ears to hear, and a heart to understand your kingdom and your reign. Help us trust your sovereignty over all creation and your authority in our, in our lives. Help us not turn our backs on you when things don't go as we expect. Give us strength and endurance as we seek first your kingdom and your righteousness, Lord. Thank you for your faithfulness, Father. Thank you for your sacrifice. Thank you for your humility. We rejoice in your eternal reign. Hosanna, Hosanna in the highest. You are holy, only sovereign one, the King of kings, Lord of lords, our Lord Jesus, in his name we pray, amen. How about a round of applause for our Lord? All right. Now we know what Palm Sunday is all about, right? All right. Now let's do the Lord's Supper, okay? We're going to get this. Okay. The Lord's Supper is that reminder of what Jesus did in the past, a symbol of our present relationship with him, and a promise of what he will do in the future. For the sake of time, we're just going to go on. Okay. The crucifixion of Jesus has a continuing significance to all who have taken up the cross to follow him. We continue to participate in his death and in the new covenant because we participate in his life. Paul wrote, is not the cup of things given for which we give thanks a participation in the blood of Christ? And it is not bread that we break and participate in, in the body of Christ. 1 Corinthians 10, 16. In the Lord's Supper, we show that we share in Jesus Christ, we commune with him, and we are united with him. How about a big amen there? Okay. As we examine ourselves, we need to look around and see whether we are treating one another in the way that Jesus commanded us. If you are united with Christ, then I am united to Christ, then we are united to each other. So the Lord's Supper, by picturing our participation in Christ, also pictures our participation or sharing our fellowship with each other. Paul wrote in 1 Corinthians 10, 17, because there is one loaf, we are one many, are one body. For we all share the one loaf. By participating together in the Lord's Supper, we picture the fact that we are one body in Christ, one with each other, with responsibility towards one another. How about a big amen there? All right. Let me uh, clean up. <laughs> I got the signal. All right. The Lord's Supper is rich in meaning. That is why it has been a prominent part of the Christian tradition throughout the centuries. Sometimes it has been allowed to become a lifeless ritual done more out of habit than with meaning. Not in this church. When a ritual loses meaning, some people overreact by stopping the ritual entirely. The better response is to restore the meaning. That is why it is helpful for us to review the meaning of our custom. The wedding invitation. I love it. Who's invited to the feast this morning? Who is to receive the Lord's Supper? All who believe in Jesus as their Lord and Savior, 
who died on the cross, that they may be forgiven and reconciled to God and rose from the dead. That's all of us this morning, brothers and sisters. All right. Let's do the prayer for the bread. Communion prayer. For the bread. Lord, as we take this bread, we remember that you are the bread of life. You feed our souls. You nourish our hearts. You give us sustenance to run the race before us. As we break the bread, we feel the softness of your love for us. We smell the fragrance of the grace you release afresh each day. We thank you with all our hearts for the great price you paid when you were crucified on the cross for us. Yet, just as the yeast has caused this bread to rise, you rose again, triumphant over death as Lord of Lords and King of Kings forever and our beloved Savior. Lord, as we drink this cup, we remember that you are the giver of life. You are forgiveness. You bring deep peace to our souls and your love flows within us. As we pour out this cup, we see your sacrifice poured out for us. We notice the depth of your goodness and the pain you suffered for us. We dwell upon the intricacy of human life and the price you paid to set humanity free. Yet just as the tombstone rolled away to unleash the risen Lord, your light shines in our hearts now, Lord, extinguishing all darkness to release heaven's blessing upon us again. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Amen. We take communion to remember the night in which Jesus was betrayed. He broke the bread and gave thanks. We remember the communion and the events that led to his crucifixion, death, and resurrection. At this time, I'm going to call the ushers up to pass out the elements. If you want to follow along with me in 1 Corinthians chapter 11, verse 23. Give the ushers a chance to get back to their seats. For I pass on to you what I received from the Lord himself. On the night he was betrayed, the Lord Jesus took some bread and gave thanks to God for it. Then he broke it in pieces and said, This is my body, which is given for you, or which is broken for you. Do this in remembrance of me, in remembrance of the Lord's broken body. Let us eat the bread. Verse 25, in the same way he took the cup after supper, saying, This cup is the new covenant between God and his people. An agreement confirmed with my blood. Do this in remembrance of me as often as you drink it. For every time you eat this bread and drink this cup, you are renouncing the Lord's death until he comes again. In remembrance of the Lord's death and blood shed on the cross, let us drink the cup. Hmm. Good. That's good. <laughs> God is good, so is his cup. All right. <laughs> He's all good. Everything's good. <laughs> all right, let's pray. Heavenly Father, we praise you for this heavenly banquet this morning that you have so freely given to us. Thank you that we carry in our hearts the riches of this eternal goodness. May we pour it out wherever we go, Lord, lighting up the darkness with truth, speaking out hope where there is despair, and weaving your unconditional love into all that we do. Send us now in the power and strength of the Holy Spirit. May we live to be all that you have destined us to be. 
Dear Lord Jesus Christ, thanks and praise to you. Again, you fed us at your holy table with your own body and blood. By your word and supper, may we be led from this world of sorrow into life eternal. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. All right, I'll put a round of applause for you. Thanks, everybody. All right, we're going to close. Brittany's going to come up and sing. We're going to have the ushers come up and um, pass out the basket. All right, we're going to stand. Brittany's going to come up and sing.
Thank you. May we all bow our heads in prayer and thank the Lord today. Heavenly Father, thank you so much for this church. Thank you, Lord, for restoring it and making it new, Lord, new life. Thank you for John, Lord, who just gave us the most beautiful Palm Sunday and understanding of our Lord that helps us to know him more and more each day. Psalm 119, 105 said his word is a lamp upon us. It's a light. And in 1 Peter, 2 Peter 1, the prophets wrote through the power of the Holy Spirit, the word of God, to be a lamp, a light, to give us hope each day. And Lord, we just lift all of us up here today, royal family, and we pray for all those who are hurting and suffering, Lord, today in any broken heart. And Lord, may we, we leave this church today, may we each be a beacon of light. Yes, may we bring the message of joy. Jesus first, which is our happiness always when we put him first. Others second, which brings such joy when you can do for others. And place ourselves last when we humble ourselves and take that lower place. Jesus smiles in heaven and he will lift us up and bless us mightily. Thank you and may this day be blessed. Thank you for the beautiful day. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. All right. Thanks, Cindy. Everybody have a great day. We do have fellowship going on next door in the hall. Please join us. Till we meet again, God bless. Peace. Peace.